Well, good morning. So I'm Pastor Dustin. I'm lead pastor here, and uh, so good to to be here to to share a, an Easter message with you. Um, I consider it a privilege, an honor, to to share before you. Um, first off, I'm a child of God. Before anything else, I am a follower of Jesus Christ. Before being a pastor, I'm a husband to my wife. Before being a pastor, I'm a father to my children. Then I'm your pastor. I just put that in perspective because I think that God wanted me to share that with you this morning. Is that you need to be, you, know, you are called to your family, to love your family. But before all that, you're called to be a child of God. And we can be a child of God because of Jesus Christ. Because of what he did. Not because of some preacher. Not because of your mama, your daddy. You can't just take on their faith. Like, you need it yourself. You can be a child of God. And so this morning we're talking about Jesus Christ. If you came and you were wondering, you thought you were going to hear something else, then you probably came to the wrong place. But we're glad you came anyway. See, the cross of Jesus Christ equals love. It is the perfect display of love. There is nothing greater than Jesus Christ's love for you. Jesus came for you. For, turn to your neighbor, look, say, Jesus came for you. It is so true. Every single one of you, Jesus came for you. He came, perfect love came down for you. Not just for us here in this church, this little C church, but everybody, the whole world, he came for. But this morning, we're not just here for a cross. We're here for something even greater than a cross. For Actually, the cross was actually a criminal's cross the cross was a a tool of execution and that is what jesus had to do for us but we're here today to celebrate something else see we do have a cross behind us and i love the cross we talked about a couple of weeks ago that we have crosses everywhere like we wear them around our necks we wear them as earrings and different things but the cross is empty. The cross is empty. You know what else is even more empty? The tomb. The tomb is empty. The tomb of Jesus Christ. Actually, it wasn't even his tomb to begin with. It is empty. And love is shown through what Jesus Christ did. But life is shown through the empty tomb because if it wasn't for that tomb I would stand up here and we'd probably be talking about I don't know baseball basketball I don't know what we'd be talking about because this whole thing would be a lie without the empty tomb Jesus Christ would be a liar if it wasn't for his resurrection we would be following something that was just made up religion 
But he did as he said he would do. He raised from the grave. He conquered death. Hell is defeated. And now we we don't have to taste death. The same power that lives in Jesus, that rose him up from the grave, can live inside of each and every one of you. And that is powerful. And that is something to think about. So today I'm going to share a message from the text, from the Holy Word of God. But we live in a generation that likes these things, right? Okay? Nothing wrong with these things. Come on, guys. Seriously, don't call them corrupt and evil. And No. Like, you want to call me? Call me. Right? Right? It's a tool. It's whatever you use it for. It can be used for good and it can be used for evil. Okay? But we have a generation that loves to text message. Okay? I grew up, like, I love to text message. Like, I prefer to actually text somebody than call them, okay? Right? It could be part of my introvert type self that I would just rather just get to the point and just say, hey, you coming over today instead of calling you up and say, how was your day? What are you doing? Well, here's what I did today. Okay, here's what I called you for. Are you coming over today? You know, five minutes later, right? So, you know, people have their own nicks and knacks. But we live in a generation that loves to text. And so I'm going to actually speak to the teenagers here, or, or even younger than teenagers, okay? So, okay, and so adults, this might be over your head. I'm sorry. It's okay, we're all here to learn, all right? So, teenagers... What does LOL mean? Laugh out loud. My mom thought it was lots of love. (laughs) No, mom. (laughs) Just laugh out loud. All right, let's go to another one. See, these these are pretty easy ones, okay? Easy abbreviations for things, okay, in text message. All right, what about JK? Just kidding. Just kidding. Good job, yeah. Just kidding. JK. All right, what about BRB? Be right back. Yeah, see, these are things that, you know, to shorthand a message. Instead of having to do, you know, a whole, you know, sentence and a full sentence, which could probably help uh, or hinder our spoken language. But anyway, we abbreviate for it. LOL, JK, BRB, be right back, you know, those type things. Well, there's another one that this generation likes to talk about. And to be honest, I'm going to confess, I'm getting older. I am. I'm going to be turning 34. When is it? Hang hang on. Tuesday. (laughs) Tuesday. See, I can't even remember my birthday. It doesn't matter anymore. I have five kids. You know, like once you get five kids, it's like, do I even exist? You know? (laughs) Yeah. But there is a, a text um, abbreviation that came out a couple of years ago, and I had to actually look it up online for actually what it meant. YOLO. What does that mean, YOLO, teenager? What does YOLO mean? You only live once. YOLO. You only live once. And really, that's truth. I mean, we only live once. Like James says that, We are here one day and gone the next. Our life is that of a vapor. 
Like, is that short? Compared, especially compared, do you think about how long God has been about? You know, Him creating and all these things. Compared to our little life, right? But the beautiful thing is, is that we can be a part of His great big story that's been going on and will continue to go on. So YOLO, you only live once. There's some truth in that. But Jesus Christ came on the scene and he LOL'd, JK'd, and be right back all at the same time. Okay, all right, adults, here I'm going to translate. You only live once. Jesus came, he lived, he died, and he lives forevermore. And he basically said, I will be right back. I'm going to the cross, but I'm going to be right back. I'm going to raise in three days. And guess what he did? He did as he said he would. He raised. Amen. I got a little preacher up here preaching back to me. It was great. (laughs) So this generation, we love to think about you only live once. You know, and and doing things, you know, for courage and, and things like that. I'm telling you this. Jesus Christ, what he did on the cross, flip that upside down. If you really want to truly make your life count, find it in Jesus Christ. Find it in his identity. That's where you really make your life count. That's where you really make a difference with your life. So we've been talking about text messages. And like I said, I want to give you a message from the text this morning. But to do so, I'm going to need a little bit of help. I'm going to come down here. Is that okay? Like, this is like one of the few times that I actually came on this side of the pulpit. And I'm going to share with you two stories. Two stories that will impact your life. Now, this might impact me if I fall. And it might be dangerous. Kids... Don't try this at home. You know, as seen on TV, don't try this at home, right? So, there's two stories. Two stories that is very significant. Two stories that if you don't understand one of them, you can't clearly understand the other one of them. Two stories that if you understand the second one, and don't understand the first, you might misunderstand the second one. So these two stories go together. These two stories go together. My mic is really hot, so I'm going to actually switch mics. I know. I know that once I get up there, this thing is going to squeal, so I'm going to be as prepared for this as possible, okay? So here, first story. First story is found in Genesis 1. Genesis 1, 1, it says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And we know, you know, it goes on. He creates this whole creation. Everything that you can think of. The birds in the air, the the fish in the sea. Human beings, and he says, it is good. And he creates male, and then he creates female. He created all these beautiful things. And they're in the garden. Adam and Eve are in the garden. They're walking in perfect harmony with God. 
So imagine this is the garden. They're in perfect harmony with God. But then, chapter 3 of Genesis, something happens. This serpent that represents Satan comes in and he's the deceiver. And he shares with them this fruit that, Jesus, that God said, do not eat from. The, God, the knowledge of good and evil. And then he's having this dialogue with Eve. And they ended up, he ends up tricking them into taking this fruit and eating it. See, it wasn't just good enough for them to have this harmony with God and it was just perfect. It wasn't, it wasn't enough. They wanted more. And so they began to climb. Because they didn't just want, they didn't just want harmony. They wanted equality. They wanted to be equal with God. Hmm. They climbed further. They reached they tasted, they tasted of this fruit. They tasted of the sin. And the, the fall happened. Many of you climb up your own life and you get to the top, just like Adam and Eve, and you fall. You take the fruit and you fall. Right, I'm not going over to the other side. Like, I'm sorry. I love y'all. This illustration might go well, but I want to live to tell it, okay? So I'm just going to stay right here. But if you think about it, think about this. Like, even in our own life, here in 2019, we have different ladders that we climb. Maybe our, our ladder isn't in the garden anymore, climbing up a fruit tree, eating from the forbidden fruit. But we're still climbing up ladders. Maybe it's corporate ladders of an American dream that you're pursuing and you neglect other people. You push them down the other rungs of the ladder. You use them to step up above them. You take advantage of people. You learn to hate people. You say, hey, this is all about me, me, me. I have to earn everything I have because if somebody else comes in front of me, like all these things that we typically get told and, you know, then we're like, wow, I'm up on this ladder. I'm at the top. I've achieved all this greatness. Look at me. I'm the top dog. But really, you're not. You get up here, you realize that it's pretty lonely up here. You get up here and you realize that this there's a lot of lot of things that isn't what I thought it was. And eventually you fall, just like Adam and Eve. Because if you live for yourself, this is the only result. If you live selfishly, this is the only result. You get up here, but you fall down there. This is story one. The story of the garden. The story of Adam and Eve falling into sin. We, because of their decision, are prone to sin. You are prone to sin. Every single one of you. It doesn't matter what kind of sin. A lot of times in church, and I rebuke this, that we elevate certain sins over others. Sin is sin in the eyes of God. It doesn't matter what it is. It's selfishness. 
And God is calling us to turn from our selfishness and follow Him. And you begin to climb up this ladder, you're going to fall. I can keep on going, and actually there's a, a uh, thing here that says don't step above this step. So I'm actually going to listen to it because I really have a fear of ladders. I seriously do. My, my uh, dad was cleaning gutters one time, and he slipped and fell, grabbed onto the gutter, and broke his back. So I fear these ladders here. But I think that this illustration is going to really make sense to you. Think about your own life. What ladder are you crawling up? What are you chasing after? What addiction are you keeping on climbing on? Who are you putting yourself above and using just so that you can be made on high? Who, how are you exalting your own self? So, there was perfect harmony down here. They climbed up. They got to the top. They realized, I eat from the fruit. I tasted it. I understand good and evil. But then they fall. They realize that they're naked before God. That they're not worthy of his presence, in His presence. And they fall. But Jesus comes on the scene. Jesus comes on the scene and it says in John 1, says John 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Going on down to verse 14. It says this, the Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. Jesus Christ was there in the beginning. So one story, story number one started with in the beginning. Story number two starts in the beginning. But Jesus comes on the scene. Who is what? Fully God, right? But Jesus comes on the scene and he does this. Oh man, how is this going to stay? Make it work. <laughs> Jesus comes on the scene. He turns it all upside down. Jesus Christ was equal with God. Let's turn to Philippians. Philippians 2. Philippians 2. Um, talks about this. Philippians 2, verse 6, it says... Who being in very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be used for his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant. He, made, he was made, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place. He gave him the name that is above every name, that the name of Jesus every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. See, Jesus was there in the beginning. Story number two, in the beginning. 
Jesus, the Son of God, was equal. But he came, he actually had to make himself nothing. He emptied himself. He emptied himself. He took on the flesh, clothed himself with, with flesh. He was human. He walked. He was tempted, just like every single one of us. You think, oh, well, he was God. He emptied himself. He had to be baptized. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. He was tempted like every single one of us, but he was without sin. It had to be this way. If it wasn't this way, then the whole story would be messed up. He came down, dwelt among us, showed us how to live our life, coming not to be served, but to serve other people. He was so humble that he came down even was obedient to death on a cross. And this past week we talked about that. The past several weeks we talked about what the cross symbolized, what it means to us. He was beat. He was spit upon. He was naked, humiliated, all for your sake. Because he loved you. But he didn't stay down. He didn't stay down. Like we talked about earlier, the tomb is empty. Jesus Christ raised him from the dead, overthrowing Satan, defeating evil, you know, all the powers of darkness. Jesus conquered. And it says that he is risen all the way to the right hand of the Father, and he is given the name above all names that at the uh, name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Two stories. Which one are you living in? Are you living in a story as like in the garden and you're actually seeking selfish gain? You're living for self. Or are you truly trying to seek after God? You're trying to seek Jesus. Well, this morning, you don't have to seek. He says, knock. And the door will be open. Seek and you will find. He is here. Jesus' life, death, and life forever changes the course of history. Jesus' life, death, and life forever changes your future. Like we said, the, cr the cross is empty. The grave is empty. Jesus Christ is king. My question for you today is are you living for him are you living for him what story are you living in do you truly understand the story of Jesus Christ because if you truly understood the story of Jesus Christ you would surrender to his will you would give your life and your heart, your everything, your mind, your body, everything to Him. What is God asking you this morning? Maybe He's like Nicodemus. He's saying, you need to be born again, and you do need to be born again. But maybe you're like the rich young ruler, and you're holding on with everything that you have, and you're not willing to give up your material wealth. 
give it up because it's worth it. Do you need a coat? I'll give you my coat. I don't care. I can't take this with me. I have never performed a funeral and as the um, you know the car is driving on, there's never a U-Haul attached to the hearse because you can't take anything with you. But you can make a difference here on this earth through the power of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ wants to do a work in each and every one of you. I encourage you to come, bow at his feet, give your whole life, everything, over to Jesus. For his, he loves you. He was willing to go to the cross for you. He was willing to conquer the grave for you. If he's calling you this morning, don't go out the door without making right that relationship. Jesus Christ made that relationship right thousands of years ago so choose him this morning so if that's you this morning this altar is open be careful with this don't want you to get hurt but you can come around bow at the altar but I also want to put this out there maybe you maybe you're right maybe you're you're good like you've been walking with the Lord but there's people that you need to be at the altar praying for for those that's new here we've been in the middle of a a prayer and fast for the past four weeks and over the past four weeks we've had 26 salvations in the life of this church right several of them were out in the community from our community outreach project that we were part of but several of them were inside of this church as well God can do a great work in the life of his church when we surrender to Him and we seek Him. And so maybe you have a loved one, a friend, a co-worker, that you just need to come and just lay at Jesus and say, Jesus, do a work. Use me, whatever it takes. And you just need to seek God here at the altar. The altar's open. God, we thank You so much, God, for for what you're doing in the life of this church, God. We thank you so much for your gospel message. God, how you came, you dwelt, you died on a cross, but you rose from the dead. God, we thank you that you're the king now and forever. God, use us. God, if there's somebody in this place, God, that doesn't know you as their Lord and Savior, God, I pray that they would make it right this morning, that they would surrender to you, and they would find you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen.